Hi everyone, welcome back to Take Orally, uh, Focus Trauma Conference Special, um, coming from uh, Antwerp. Uh, Jamie Thomas here once again, and uh, in this uh, second part of the day, the um, conference has been looking at uh, point of care ultrasound and also uh, thoracotomy. Uh, we had some great um, talks from uh, Dr. Jim Connolly and uh, Professor Lockie. Uh, looking at these subjects and um, as again I put more information up on on the blogs uh, at uh, takeorally.com um, but um, yeah it was a great talk first from Dr Connolly looking at uh, point of care ultrasound he talks about uh, stethsic, uh the idea of you know will we no longer be using this point this piece of Victorian technology the stethoscope and instead using the stethoscope more and more in uh, especially with the uh, very unwell patients in uh, in resus um, pointed out that we're getting closer and closer he thinks to the first handheld ultrasound uh, machine which will um, break under the uh, the thousand pound per unit price he said that's about the same price as the next iPhone so he said once he gets to that level um, you know that's the point they'll start to become a widespread piece of equipment and, and like you said replace the stethoscope um, pretty much apart all of the four H's and four T's in cardiac arrest apart from hypothermia and toxins can be um, um, can be diagnosed with uh, ultrasound and points out that you know ultrasound use reduces the time to operation reduces hospital stay and reduces the use of CTs um, and helps us with those time critical yes no Bayesian decisions that, that we have to make um, you know with acutely unwell patients um, he points out a variety of different um, uh, f um, scenarios where you would want to use point of care ultrasound assisted intubation diagnosis of pneumothorax pointed out that it, it's uh, more accurate than x-ray and auscultation uh, doing uh, ultrasound for um, pneumothorax takes a quarter of the time of chest x-ray and we talked a little bit about the use of, of uh, fast uh, the focus uh, assessment with sonography in, in, in trauma um, not something that happens as much here at QMC because we are a major trauma centre but in uh, in district generals um, you know something that is a very important skill to have um, and uh, you know, re-emphasising the point that with a fast scan positive is finding fluid in any one view if you find it in the first view you stop and and you, that's a, a positive fast scan um he did talk a bit about some of the the limits when it comes to ultrasound um it changes nothing in penetrating trauma uh he said that it takes about 500 mils of, of blood uh to to appear positive on uh on a scan ultrasound scan um made the point that you know you, you have to have a blood pressure to bleed uh, so he, he mentioned some cases where uh, fast scan had, had been falsely reported as negative when really it was just that the patient was incredibly uh, unwell in a very uh, low output state and, and actually it was uh, it was falsely uh, reported as negative but he also mentioned that he thinks that it's an essential part if you have um, blunt trauma to diagnose whether or not you know, the patient is in a cardiac standstill. It's a very useful part of, of working out prognosis for our patient uh, in a case of, of blunt trauma to the chest. 
I'm also differentiating pseudo-PEA from real PEA as well. There's a good bit on uh, Life in the Fast Lane about that. I'll, I'll put up a, a link to that on, on the, uh, the blog as well. And then Dr. Lock, uh, Professor Lockie came in talking about uh, street uh, thoracostomy. He works as, uh, in FEM, so um, he's, he's worked at, sadly, some of the recent uh, terrorist events. Um, and he, he went through the whole procedure. I'll, I'll, I'll put some details about the procedure up on, um, on the takeaway.com as well. Um, he, he, he talked through some methods uh, of restarting the heart flicking it, providing a volume load, two-handed massage, uh, ventricular adrenaline, bicarbonate and calcium. Very often these patients who have been stabbed are young, their hearts can take some bicarbonate and calcium being given. Um, talk through what we can do if our patient wakes up mid-thoracostomy, uh, that has happened to him, and he, he talked through some very uh, useful methods about you know, anaesthetizing the patient with midazolam and ketamine. And also talked about um, how to uh, to occlude the the wound in the heart once found, and how to close the wound. Um, all very very useful. He also talked about the importance of being forensically aware in these cases. Uh, talked about what it's like to have uh, bystanders to have the twenty uh, four hour media staring the police there, and um, you know the procedures that have to be done you know if sadly um, the thoracostomy is is um, unsuccessful if the patient does uh, pass away the the considerations that have to be made in order to to bring the perpetrators to justice um, he also mentioned how you know he mentioned John Hines a, a uh, you know well-known within the world of FOMED make sure your intentions are honourable, this is a decision that you have to have made even before you get to the scene, if, if XYZ is found we are going to go to proceed. And uh, Dr Connolly came back and talked a bit more about that again, you know, uh, get that history of the event as much as you can beforehand, have there been recent signs of life, or is it a witnessed arrest there in front of you? Or is there a systolic less than 70 despite adequate fluid? You know, this we need to go there. We need to make sure our intentions are honourable. And we need to go and be brave about this. This is a procedure that takes less than two minutes. And we need to be quick. And we need to be confident in what we're doing. Uh, and yeah, so Dr Connolly took, talked more about it as well in the hospital setting. Mentioning that the, the biggest barrier to this really is the fear of being criticised. Um, it's a procedure, not an operation and to achieve a degree of, of damage control as much as possible to restore physiology, not anatomy. So this is something to buy our patients time before we get them into theatre and to, to stop the deadly triad of uh, hypothermia, coagulopathy and acidosis. And uh, yeah, it was very inspiring to hear from, from both of them talking about um, uh, their, their interests in, in thoracostomy and in point of care ultrasound. Um, the 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 best in inverted commas injury is is the 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 one that's most likely to survive a penetrating chest uh, wound, is that single wound to the right ventricle with a tamponade, and as I said, it's less than two minutes there to relieve that tamponade. To occlude the to seal the hole and occlude the aorta. Um, lot of talk about how this is something that obviously. They, they need to, uh, you need as much practice as possible. 
and uh, he he spoke a lot about the um, the courses that had been set up by himself uh, with the Royal College of Surgeons for thoracoscopy for the non-surgeon um, as people deflect to their lowest level of training under stress. Um, also talked a, a bit about the considerations that have to be made afterwards. So obviously, so the the theatres need to be warned as soon as possible that this has happened. Um, that um, as soon as output is there, back to theatre if it's in the hospital. Uh, vertical sliding as opposed to horizontal sliding. And there's also mentioned talked about how when not to proceed with a thoracostomy. So again, you know, making sure we're keeping our attentions honourable. But make sure that we're not going when when we know it's not going to work. Um, in if the patient has been shot, if there's uh, if there's been high energy transfer, if the patient has an empty heart, or if there's been a prolonged downtime, we know that this is not going to be successful. As I said, just incredibly inspiring, very interesting. Um, there's uh, also talk about uh, the blunt traumatic cardiac arrest. Um, how uh, you know we already talked about traumatic cardiac arrest and, and initially very low survival rates. Is it always the same in, in blunt traumatic cardiac arrest? And um, the number needed to treat uh, in in uh, in cases of, of uh, traumatic cardiac arrest is fifty. So one in fifty uh, people will survive. Um, and you know there's talk about the rule of rescue here um, you know this is obviously something that, that we're still needing to to collect the data on and, and to, to see you know what can be done when it comes to blood traumatic cardiac arrest quoting survival figures as I said of, of about one and a half percent of cases when it when it's blunt trauma uh, traumatic cardiac arrest um, but you know, as I said we feel this need the rule of rescue to do something uh, but I think all of it is this discussion that kept being repeated again and again to decide beforehand what are we going to do and proceeding accordingly in a quick timely fashion so yeah so that's been the, the second part um, time for a bit of more lunch uh, a bit more coffee and then in the third part it's a lot on balloons so that's going to be interesting thanks for listening bye <laughs>